friends. Welcome to today's episode of Productivity and Proverbs 31. Thrilled that you're here because I know your days are full, you're busy, and you don't have a lot of extra time to do things like just sit around and eat bonbons. So I'm thrilled that you have taken the time to these words of wisdom I'm trying to impart to the next generation. And with that, I do want to ask you a favor. If you've gotten some encouragement, I want to ask you to please be an encouragement to me and let me know that. Send me a DM at Kathy Lanham or give me a review. That is absolutely the best way that you can support me, unless you want to send me a check or something. But if you would go over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review, say a few things about what's encouraged you, or even better, you can share an episode with your friends. So post it up in your socials. And when you share about my podcast in your social media, then I'll give you a shout out back. And I really appreciate that. Now today is going to be a great episode because I'm going to be asking some plain, unvarnished, hard questions on extracurricular activities for your kiddos. Hang around, grab that beverage, and let's see if you glean anything new today. Hey friends, welcome to the Productivity and Proverbs 31 podcast. I'm Kathy Lanham, your host, your mentor across the airways, if you will. I'm a mom of five, former teacher, and top 2% company leader. Now I'm a coach, a podcaster, and a business strategist. Stick around if you're a Christian mom with some big dreams, messy bun, and sweatpants. You might feel all the guilt, but you refuse to be a Pinterest perfect mom. You live in your car and reheated coffee is a staple. If chaos is usually rampant and you'd like some practical tips on how to grow a business, grow in your faith, and get some control with an occasional date night thrown in as a bonus, hang around. Because as we grab these few minutes together, I want to help you keep growing in your faith, build a business that lines up with your God-given gifts and talents, and make memories of a life you love. So reheat that coffee, and let's get started. All right, when we talk about extracurricular activities, I'm talking about anything that would encompass your life outside of church, school, and family activities. Anything else you're fitting in. So that would be sports. It would be 4-H. It would be Awanas. It would be Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, the sign of the broken arrow. I don't know. You know what an extracurricular activity is. It's anything you're going to add on extra. And with a lot of schools today, our extracurricular activities are actually, they come with a pretty hefty fee or your kids have to sell cards or do some type of fundraisers. So there's lots involved in committing to an extracurricular activity. And I really want to suggest that you get a handle on this. As I always like to say, get a handle on it before you have to get a handle on it. So ask the questions before it actually gets here. So as you're looking at what will my children do, the first thing I want to ask you is what's the point? And that's always some rocket science there. So I really want to ask you to think about this one. What's the point? For whatever it is, piano lessons, gymnastics, dance, whatever it is that you're doing, what is the point? If it's adding more stress and taking away from your family time, if your kids are all stressed out and they can't get their homework done, if it's just so that you'll catch up with the Joneses, because if you don't go play soccer at six, then your son, he's not going to be as good as the other kids when he gets in to grade school or middle school or high school. So what is the point of your extracurricular activity, whatever it is that you're considering? 
That's my first question. What do you want to gain? What do you want to get from it? What benefits do you see? How will it enrich and bless your child's life, your life, and your family life? And that's a hard one. Number two, for whom are you doing this activity? Is it that your son really wants to play football at five years old? He really wants to go out and practice every day in full pads, running the football, having the glory of the pigskin, and making those touchdowns, catching the pass. Is he really excited about it? Or is it your husband or you? Are you or your husband reliving the glory days of your youth through your children? So when I ask who wants to really do this activity, that's an ego question. And that's really one that has to be considered and it has to really go with number three. So my third question is, does this sport or does this activity fit the child you're asking to do it? I'll give you some great examples of this. I have a friend who has a young man uh, who has a son who is petite. He is a small guy and he's very quiet, musical. He's funny as all get out. He is a great kid. He is not what you would call a linebacker. He doesn't have the physique, the body build. He doesn't have the desire or the want to. That's not his fit. That's not his bent. He is musical. He is a comedian. He is He's hilarious. He's quick on his feet. He's smart. He thinks these crazy pranks, and he's wonderful at that. But his father decided that he was absolutely positively going to play football. Well, what ensued that whole next season was a lot of tears, a lot of frustration, and a lot of anger. A lot of things being said that probably shouldn't have been said. On the other hand, they have a daughter who is a bruiser who wants to play girls lacrosse, loves that, is athletically inclined, enjoys the outdoors, loves to run, loves to practice, and is on top of her game when she is out playing in organized sports. So two different children, two different desires, two different skill sets, two different body builds, two different activity levels. But because she was a girl, we were going on stereotypical lines here, she was made to play piano. She hated piano. Now, fortunately, my friends are really bright people and they figured out this was not the best fit. And so after a season of trying both, they split it up. First, what's the point? Two, who's really wanting the child to play the sport or to do the thing? And then three, is it a fit? Does it fit with what they enjoy doing, what their skills and giftings are? My next one, my next question goes very closely. So number four is, what season of life are you in? Are you in a place where you can be present for the games, that you can show up for practices two, three, four days a week? Are you in a place where you can physically transport your child from where they are after school to the practice and still fix dinner, feed dinner, take showers and baths, do homework, and get everyone into bed. Do not hear this in me asking these hard questions. Don't hear me saying, you should never do anything outside your home. You should homeschool and do nothing except for your central family unit. Not saying that at all. When we homeschooled, we could not have been any more busy. Our children were pursuing all sorts of interests and talents and skills. But the season of life that you're in 
really does have to be taken into consideration because sometimes what sounds like a good thing, oh yeah, we're going to let Sally play baseball and Johnny's going to do soccer and Larry's going to do football and Mary Lou, she's going to do the piano and oh, there's voice lessons for Timmy and Jimmy and we have Awanas on Wednesdays for church and then we have that volunteer project that we do on Saturday afternoons. At some point, burning all of those candles simultaneously, they do have to fizzle out in the middle. So what is allowed? I'm going to give you a caution on this is that anytime you're considering a travel team where that seems very prestigious and that seems like such an honor, there is also such a commitment to travel teams. There's the cost, travel teams, AAU, any specialty team, put the right initials there. When you get into specialty teams, it's really hard to not get sucked into, oh, my child's a superstar. He's doing great. Absolutely, I have to afford him all these different opportunities. The reality is you end up traveling every weekend someplace pretty far out of town, unless you live in a dense city where you've got a lot of opportunities very close. So you really need to count the cost. We had a couple that did play travel teams and that didn't last a long time because of the hotel stays, the number of children we had at home. We were always dividing and conquering. We had to pay their uniforms fees. We had to pay for, we had to pay for three and four pairs of, for their shoes. Just all of the fees, all of the things. So you really want to look at, can you physically, can you really afford it? Can you afford to cater to one child when you may have others? And what is the cost? What is the commitment? Is this going to help your family be closer together or is it going to divide them and pull them apart? So that is a huge one when you're looking at extracurricular activities. Now, the next thing to look at is how many activities does each child get? With our five, absolutely the hard rule was everybody gets to do one thing. It's ideal if several of them like the same sport so that you're at least on a semi-similar practice schedule, similar practice fields, similar game day schedule. That's really helpful. Sometimes that is not the case at all. You, your husband, your mom, your brother, your anybody that you can get, you're begging people to, hey, can you take this child to this practice? Can you go to this game? I need to be at two places at the same time. So what season of life are you in is an important question. But another question is how many activities do the children get to have? Because even if you stick to a a hard and firm one per child, if you have multiple children, that can very quickly get overwhelming. And when we're looking at the child aspect of this, not who really wants to do it and not, is it your ego? Is it your husband's ego? Were you a star in this? Do you want them to be a chip off the old block? Does it fit them? Another question is, how is this going to affect their score? If they're brand new in school, if they're first, second, third grade, and they're still learning the ropes and there's a lot of memory work involved, memorization of spelling words and sight words and multiplication tables and addition facts and lots of mental activity that needs to be done at night. Do you really realistically have time to commit to doing a full-blown sports schedule? And you also have to look at that with what are the abilities of your children because your children can vary greatly in their academic prowess, 
Not that they aren't all smart in their own way, because they all are, but you're going to know if you have more than one child. Some kids get school really quickly, some kind of struggle, and if we add on an extra load of extracurricular activities, and I'm not only speaking of sports, I'm really talking about everything that we would do outside of the school day. If you're not homeschooling and incorporating that in the day, then is your child actually going to be able to handle both? A practical example of this was when my boys were in high school. So as an example, a friend of ours really encouraged our two youngest boys to join the swim team. They had played every other sport except swimming, and they had the body for it, and they had the aptitude for it. They developed this talent very late. They swam as seniors. However, it was made possible because the college that was in our town just up the road from where we lived had a brand new, beautiful, state-of-the-art pool where the kids could go. That's where practice was, and they practiced before school and after school. Prior to them becoming juniors, though, the practice for the swim team was held off-site. So they met at the school very early in the morning. Kids got on a bus. They rode to the practice facility, which was 30 minutes away, they would swim. And this was all way before school ever started at eight o'clock. Then they would come back to school and then the school day would begin. Neither of my younger boys would have thrived doing that whole hour long bus ride, crack of dawn practices. That's not their aptitude. (laughs) They're not morning people. They're very smart and they were very athletically inclined and did very well. And we were grateful to our friend who encouraged them to try the sport out. But the logistics of getting them to practice and the hours that were involved, that would not have worked for us. So you really have to look at where is the field, where are the practice facilities, where is the, the voice instructor, whatever the extracurricular activity is, Where will it be held? How much time does it take you to get there and get back? There are a lot of other factors to consider when you're looking at will you actually allow an activity or not. The next question I'm going to encourage you to ask goes along with the second one. Who's this really for? What's the point? And is it for me or for my husband? So it mixes up with whatever your family dynamic is, whatever the activity is we're talking about. Make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons and that you're doing it for your kids to develop their skills and not just so that they won't be left out or so that they'll fit in or, oh, they have to be able to practice. You know, they they have to, or they're going to be so behind when they're nine years old if they don't play Little League. That early is not always better. Now, if you have the next great gymnast and you've got a little goat on your hand or a swimmer on your hand and you feel the need to be in the pool or at the gym every day of the week, you know what? You need to go for that. That is awesome. But I am asking you to truly consider what is in the best interest of the child. Because if you're just doing it so that they'll fit in or so that they won't be behind and we push year-round sports, then by the time they get to middle school or high school, what frequently happens is they've either had an injury or they're burned out and they're tired and they don't want to do it anymore. And if the purpose or the intent is for them to enjoy the sports in high school and to be part of a team and to have a full high school experience, then we've done them a disservice if they burn out before they ever get there. And that is my last question for you to consider is once they pick and start a sport or a skill or an activity, when do they get to quit? 
Now in our house, if you started it, you had to finish it. There are innumerable benefits to being on a sports team. I love sports. I love playing sports. Lettered in all four sports in my high school. Love, love, love. Pushed my kids to play sports as well. But here's the question. If they start it and it's not a fit, do you immediately quit? In our home, we had the rule, if you start it, you finish it. And I believe that that teaches perseverance. It teaches character. It teaches kids that when the going gets tough, you do keep going. Okay, you don't love it. The end is in sight. You're going to do it until you finish. You've made a promise. You've made a commitment to the team. You have to show up and do your best. These are all life skills that I think are getting lost along the way a little bit with us being such busy people and we flip from one thing to the next. But the lessons that you can learn on a sports field, getting yelled at and knowing that you can make it through that, enduring, not just giving up easily, having some grit, having some concentration, learning new skills, learning new things, learning how to perfect a skill, how to how to make it better. Those are all great benefits. Working with others as a team, if you're playing a singles game like tennis and you're not doing doubles, you're just doing singles, learning how to depend and strategize and map out plays in your head, all super incredible, wonderful skills that playing sports can teach you. Now, there are a couple of times I would say it is okay to allow a child to quit. One would be my other son, my third son, also had the body of a swimmer. He did not have the lungs of a swimmer. He was actually in that first practice arena where it was a very small enclosed pool with no ventilation. Child three has asthma. Him jumping in the pool and trying to do the laps and all of that with the chlorine gas was not a great mix. He about drowned, not because he couldn't swim. It was just something he could not do. Now, he played football. He played lacrosse. He did a lot of other things. That was one that wasn't in his wheelhouse. The other time is, of course, if there's an injury, a concussion, or any kind of abuse, then those are obviously reasons that you would allow a child to quit. But by and large, I'm going to be a proponent of teaching your children stick to grit, perseverance, and developing godly character that your yes is yes and your no is no, and you're going to persevere and you're going to work through whatever the details are. And then at the end of the season, reassess, reevaluate, and then give it up. So it's my prayer that this has been a little eye-opening, maybe be a little blessing for you. Maybe you need to share it with a friend who's way overcommitted and doesn't know how to get out. But these are just a few questions that I want you to really consider because when you sign up for extracurricular activities, it's not just that one child that's involved. Typically, it involves the entire family. So everybody is impacted. And what you as the parent need to do, you as the mom, you as the mom and dad, is you need to see, does this fit our season of life? Does our child have an aptitude, ability, or an interest? Will we be able to physically get them where they need to be so that we can enjoy the games and cheer for them? Do we have the finances to be able to support this child doing this travel team or whatever it is? Do we have the means? Does it fit them? I think I've said that a couple of times, but is this activity right for this child? And then what's really my motivation for doing it? Is it for my ego? Is it to relive my glory days? Is it so my child will fit in? If any of those are in the mix, then maybe we want to just 
take a break, take a season off, maybe hold off on joining that team or that activity until it's a better time for the family. And in all things, you want to be the leader and the role model of discipline, of self-control and encouragement, not disparaging the coach, not getting kicked out of a game. It's up to you to be the adult and to remember that this is a game for fun. And it is just that it's a game. And with that sage word of advice, I'm going to give you another one. Hey, go be a blessing to others because when you're blessing to others, you can't help but be blessed yourself. And I already told you, it would really be a blessing to me if you would go leave me a review and post it on your social. Hey guys, real quick, I hope this episode was a blessing to you and that you learned a nugget of truth, got a laugh, or had something that you can share. It would be such a blessing to me if you would go over to iTunes and leave me both a starred and a written review. I would love to be able to read some of those reviews online and that pours into my ministry and my work so much. In addition, if you want some of our free things, that's found over at kathylanham.com. I'd love to connect on social media. DM me at at kathylanham. That's my handle over on Instagram. So until next time, go be a blessing to others because when you're a blessing to others, you can't help but be blessed yourself. Take care. Take care.